to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. W-H-U-P-L-P, Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. Happy New Year to you and yours. I am Jeff Shaw, and today the studio is full of hope and possibility and, and people, frankly. There's so many people in here right now, Trevor. You said hope and possibility. Hope, you possibility, really and positive. People. I've spaced out. <laughs> it's okay. Trevor always gets spaces out when I get positive, and it happens a lot. So there's a lot of spacing out here in the show. But and speaking of which, I'm Jeff Shaw, and one of the people in the studio with us is Trevor Hayes. As always, how are you doing today, Trevor? I can't complain. No one will listen. <laughs> We're coming to you live on 104.7 FM, streaming at whoopfm.org. It's our first show of the new year, and with that new year comes three things: poor life choices on New Year's Eve, ill thought so out, many. poor life choices. That's the first thing. Ill thought out resolutions poorly thought out resolutions i don't make any <laughs> i don't make any so i don't like feel bad so you're exempt for that and new gym memberships so yes. if you're friends with any personal trainers or coaches like trevor or with gym employees they will tell you january's filled with new people right especially planet fitness and any kind of big box gym where you don't have to do anything so like new people train and they start training in the new year most of these people quit but yes but they shouldn't they should not. And our guests today are two people who didn't. And so over the next hour, we're going to talk to them about why they started martial arts in the last year. One, a Muay Thai practitioner, one, a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Why they started, why they didn't quit, what that did for them, and why you, yes you, if you're listening, should start in the new year and not quit either. I recommend that anyone that trains, you give this podcast over to anyone that wants to start training. It'll be lots of chock full of good stuff today, I think. Absolutely. That's totally my goal for the show is for Chris you. Chris used to be a Guido. Now he's half a Guido. So <laughs> slowly he's being cured. It's our first offensive comment of the new year, but not our last. So first we're going to summarize some. Before we get uh, to Chris and Sarah from Pendergrass, our, our, uh, who are our noobs that we're going to interview, and thank you both for coming, we're going to summarize some martial arts news for the weekend. If we missed anything that we need to talk about, let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at CagesideWHUP. You can shout us out using the hashtag CagesideWHUP as well. You can also get at us via email at CagesideWhoop, CagesideWHUP at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at Cageside Radio, and if you ever miss the show, you can stream it or download it from either whoopfm.org or on iTunes or Stitcher where you can subscribe to us and if you like us, leave us a review. So there's a bunch of new stuff. And then with the new year come new events. And the first thing that's going to come up uh, from on my radar screen is in a couple weeks, U.S. Grappling's having their first ever tournament in Raleigh at Dorton Arena, January 16th. Really stoked about that. Yeah. Really, really stoked about that. Because it's usually held at the uh, sports complex in Morrisville. Yeah, yeah. But now that's, that's a really big, uh, they kind of keep running out of space, which is not a bad thing to have. So the... The Dorton Arena. No, is it Dorton Arena? Is yeah, that, it is Dorton it, Arena. Yeah, Dorton Arena. Yeah. It's, uh, that's awesome. Where uh, the first CFP was held at back in 2008, so it's a good milestone for the Carolina jiu-jitsu scene. For sure. Being too popular is a great problem to have. And yeah. I'm signed up for U.S. Grappling, and you should sign up as well if you train jiu-jitsu. If you're more into the face punching, then you might be interested in the Next Level Fighting Championship, which is January 23rd. Tra also at the Dorton Arena. Wow. So it's funny how that works out. We got some... Uh, some some good friends of mine that are local cats, uh, and I mean like right in the RDU area. We have uh, Daniel Branch, Alan Crowder, Keith Bell, Dewan Owens, all good friends of ours that are uh, that train locally, 
and they'll all be fighting uh, in their backyard. So I'm really excited to see that. Some pro fights come back to Raleigh. Yeah, it's really nice to have pro. I tried MMA. to make sure I cut you off like three times. I saw you taking the breaths, and I was like, "Oh, how many times can I cut Jeff off?" Yeah, we're, I'm making a list. Uh, but but yeah, no, like it, it's really nice. Resolution to see. one: Don't hit Trevor on air. Yeah, right. I I know better than to try to punch you in no, the face. Well, like I, I, I have a gi that I'm going to throw at you and make you put there on. You go. <laughs> so the one other thing that I want to talk about before we get into before we get into uh, our data is uh, the Toro Cup. People have been asking me about Toro Cup. There have been three Toro Cup Jiu-Jitsu Super Fight events, and a lot of people, including Jay from Pentagrass, who just hit me up before the show, where, where Sarah trains, uh, a lot of people are asking when's the next Toro Cup. And I would just want to point out, yes, there will be another Toro Cup. It will be in spring. But because Cage Side Fight Company and Tor- Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, where it's held, is moving at some point, sometime soon, probably in February, we don't have a date for that yet. But please, uh, if I were to guess, I would guess March. But like, let's just say spring sometime. There will be a next Toro Cup. So please... Keep that on your radar screen. We'll try to we'll try to get that information out to you when we have it. Do you see possibly in the future you growing outside of the cage side? Because yeah. the first one was super packed. The two after that still had a lot of people yeah. there, and it kind of got a lot bigger than anticipated really quick. I think it really did. It grew super fast. You know, so for those of you that haven't been to a Toro Cup, it's a super fight card, mostly gi matches, but some no gi jujitsu. And yeah, we packed our place. We had hundreds of people. Uh, we had whatever the fire code was. We had one less than that. Yes, uh, it was so, one less of the fire code. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So don't, and there were brand new fire extinguishers and yeah, people on standby. Absolutely. We also had firefighters there, so it was very safe. Yes. But but like yeah, we've talked about growing it, and like at some point, I would really like to to do like they do with the Bull City brawls and rent the Durham Armory. You know, Boomer and I have talked about that. Boomer from Cage Side MMA, Toro BJJ. Um, I'm not sure if that's in, that's definitely not going to happen for the next one, but you know that's something we would like to grow into because I would like it to be a more comfortable space for everybody, and I would like to have a showcase for these grapplers that are like, you know, we have some of the best local grapplers to get on that card. Really exciting matches, and I would like to have for them to have a, as big a showcase as possible. A good bit of people that actually travel for those. Yeah, no, most surprising, definitely. yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's good times. Uh, so that's the news. So that takes us through uh, January 23rd, and uh, the IBJJF Atlanta Atlanta Open is February 6th. We'll talk more about that as it approaches. But if we missed anything, get at us and let us know. Um, for our next segment, before we get on to uh, get our, our, interview, our interview with Sarah and Chris, we want to talk. A, we want to follow up a little bit about the data that we uh, that we the U.S. Grappling submission data that we talked about last tournament or last last show. And so before that, I'm going to play a sound that I think is quite appropriate uh, to lead us into that. What is what is a nerd? Okay. A nerd is someone who's just passionate about something. Right. Regardless of whether it's popular. What is it to be cool? Be cool is to be disinterested and to pretend you don't care about anything. Right? Well, you can't be good at martial arts unless you care about it. Yes. Like, you can't be just sort of passively like, yeah, whatever. You got to be in there and you get, and especially martial arts that are combative arts that become technical. Right? You got to spend all your time on like watching tape and getting into this really involved sort of thing. Um, and then when you find other people who are into it with you, nerd brother. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.com. So if you fear the nerdhood, don't fret. It's not going to be as long a data segment as our last segment were, uh, was. Uh, if you're interested, though, like uh, Intern Chris helped me out a lot compiling submission data from U.S. Grappling Points tournaments, U.S. Grappling Sub-Only tournaments, and kids tournaments of the past year. And so we're going to going to quickly summarize that. If you're interested in in-depth what submissions happened with most regularity, then go back and listen to the last show uh, where we had Fred and Pai Shao on as well. But me and Trevor are just going to sort of summarize that because last time 
uh, when we talked oh, la- last time when we uh, when we uh, and I'm actually, I'm actually gonna bring Chris's mic up so in case Chris has something to, to pop in on he, he did compile he, the he data and had some good he did he nerded it up yeah, he, spread spreadsheet brother my, nice work intern no problem it, we gave him intern of the year status on the last show and he's really lived up to that <laughs> so we really broke it down in depth on the last show because it, we sort of laid the groundwork uh, for all the points tournaments and so what we added to that this time is we looked at the kids tournaments and we looked at the submission only tournaments and what I know and like so my two main takeaways were first that the results weren't all that dissimilar. You saw a lot of the same submissions in terms of like the top five for submission only was armbar. The top five submissions were armbars, triangles, kimuras, rear naked chokes, and americanas, as opposed to the points tournaments when it was armbars, rear naked chokes, triangles, guillotines, kimuras, and collar chokes. And we'll talk about collar chokes in a second. So the takeaway for me was that fundamentals work at all levels. Always. Mm-hmm. Across Most- any kind of combat sport and you would say that that's true of muay thai as well I oh, assume. yeah the more you jab the better you get at landing jabs and leg kicks on people mm-hmm. which is what you do most definitely and so like so because i wanted to and we're going to post all this data to our facebook page as well but like, so the number one takeaway was the the submissions that got hit at points tournaments which is where there's a time limit and if you and i haven't submitted each other at the end of five minutes or ten minutes then we go to points and a submission-only tournament, which is what two of us go out on the mat, one of us eventually gives up, there wasn't an appreciable difference in the submissions that got hit. In most of, of those things, it was all the fundamental submissions that you will learn in the first three to six months of jiu-jitsu. So there was one thing, like, and I'm going to ask Chris in a second if there was anything that jumped out at him about the data. The one thing that jumped out at me about the data, the one anomalous thing was collar chokes were way down the list. They, they, were, they were top five in the points tournaments, I think it was, which is, uh, was number three. In, in points tournaments, but collar chokes were nowhere to be found in the top five of the submission-only tournaments, and in fact, there were about as half as many collar chokes. There were about 41 collar chokes that got hit compared to 70 Americanas and almost 300 armbars, and that surprised me a bit because, mm-hmm. you know, a, as you get, you know, submission-only matches are typically longer, you get tired, and I assumed they that... They can go on for people that don't know. Like, I, I go into those tournaments, you see them go on for an hour and a half sometimes, mm-hmm. and you just sit back going, that is awful. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like Steve Hall had an amazing, like I think, hour and a half match oh, yeah. at the last one. Nakapon and Andrew Smith had a re- an epic two and a half hour battle That's two years right. ago. Yeah, and you know those are anomalous. Like uh, you know, and Chris can talk about this too. Like the average time for a sub only match is something like eight minutes. Right. And so, so, so in for every Andrew and Nakapon or every like Steve, Steve Hall, Hall match, yeah. there's a- Alex Cummings hitting a flying triangle or, or something <laughs> in like eight seconds. Yeah. Um, but but but. I assume. (laughs) But I mean, so I guess, like, so the takeaway for those of you that listened to the last show is fundamentals still work. Arm bars are still king, and arm bars are king for kids as well. They were uh, the number one submission for both kids in the gi and kids no gi. Um, And there wasn't really an appreciable difference across points, submission only, and kids, except for collar chokes. And I was surprised by that because, like, I imagine wrestling with Steve Hall for like two hours, he'd actually tap me in like two seconds. But, but like, imagine I was out there with a beast for a few hours and suddenly he has my collars and I'm getting smothered. I could see myself tapping, you know, like I imagine people would, I, w- I would imagine that people would tap to those gi chokes faster. Well, we kind of talked about it earlier where it's the, uh, the Americana is a bit more, it takes a bit longer of a setup where uh, people have that time to slowly mm-hmm. kind of work for it, kind of grind somebody out, get on top, grind them out some more and there yeah, it is. I think that's a terrific point. Like, yeah. you know, even guys that have really, or ladies that have really strong arms, like somebody like Mikey, Mikey DiPetrio that I train with, who has, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're going to Americana that cat, first of all, you're not going to Americana that cat. Yeah. But if you're going to, you're going to have to tire him out first. You're going to have to fill those biceps with lactic acid so that he can't, he can't stop you. And so that's why I thought the Americana, like, crept into the top five for, for submission-only tournaments. 
Um, so, so that uh, Chris, do you want to say anything about the data? Like, as someone that was just crunching the numbers, was there anything that leapt out at you? Um, I was actually surprised at the times, and with my brief knowledge, I was just not expecting. You know, there's matches for ten plus minutes, so that just jumped out to me. I didn't know that it was that common. Yeah, you know, sometimes, like, especially with people, like, everybody has a different strategy in a submission-only match. Like, Alex, my roommate, who does well in submission-only tournaments, his strategy is to go hard immediately and try to tap the guy in just a few minutes so that you can rest for your next match. A lot of people take the opposite approach and say, you know what, I'm just going to defend, let my opponent try to submit me, and let my opponent get tired. So, for example, if you have your defenses in to a collar choke and the dude blows out his grips because it's just squeezing and squeezing and squeezing, but you're not in any danger... That's a strategy people adopt as well. That's more like right. of, of what I try to do. And so that's where like, I have longer matches than Alex does. That and, you know, I'm not young and strong and <laughs> like Alex. You stop. I know. Well, you know, you, you know, I, I, facts are facts, man. I wasn't, I wasn't born in like 1990 like Chris or whatever. Actually, it was 1995, right? 1995. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's so, so brutal. to me. Yeah, look at Sarah's not face. not seen the Untouchables. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, oh, you mean the Incredibles. <laughs> no, so totally opposite. Listeners, dude, for, so we were, before the show i was asking if chris had seen the untouchables and chris said yeah i've seen that you know and, and, and i was it, really happy as a coach as I, I was really happy that that young chris had seen that then he got it confused with the, the great pixar movie the incredibles 2004 <laughs> very different films now very i want to dub over the untouchables <laughs> over the incredibles both worth seeing for yes. very different reasons yes <laughs> All right, folks. So, like, so we're going to close it. So, I want to get into our New Year's. Like, we're, we're going to talk to Chris and Sarah uh, in just a second about why it was awesome to start training, why it was great to keep training, and why you, if you're listening, should start and keep training. But I want to put a cap on this data segment. And again, we're going to post all these results to the Facebook, so check it out. So, what do these results teach us? So these results over these different, you know, for kids, for adults, in points, for adults in submission only. What it teaches me is yes, the sport always is going to evolve. You know, there's going to be new moves that you're going to have to learn. But if you get good enough at the basics in jiu-jitsu, if you get good enough at the arm bar, you can do it to just about anybody. If you get good enough to the collar choke, like Hodger Gracie, who tapped everybody at the Worlds one year with the collar choke, you can do it to everybody. Twelve black belts in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and and I would assume, you know, I will ask Trevor to, to say uh, the, the same is true of Muay Thai, right? Like yeah, if you get good at throwing leg kicks, you can throw at anybody. Like, that's how it goes. Yeah. Words to live by. So, folks, we're going to uh, – so in just a minute, we promised you for this New Year's show, the first show of the new year – that uh, we would convince your friends who want to train that they should get into and stick with the martial arts. And we're going to talk with intern Chris, uh, our Muay Thai practitioner, and Sarah from the Pendergrass Academy, about why they did it and why you should do it too. Hang with us for about 15 seconds. Jiu-Jitsu is part of the solution. Jiu-Jitsu saves lives. Veterans love Jiu-Jitsu. I love Jiu-Jitsu. Um, we, we appreciate what you do in the community. Um, the way that you the way that you treat people, your humility, um, your compassion, your respect, um, it, is, it is felt. Um, the ripples that you bring about in the veteran community that I see firsthand at Fort Bragg um, on a nearly a daily basis, um, we feel that and we appreciate it. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on whupfm.org. So the toughest thing about training a new martial art is just getting into the gym. And the second toughest thing is sticking with it when something goes wrong or times get hard. And the two people that we're going to talk to both came into the gym last year and both stuck with it. And I want to talk to each of them about uh, about why that happened. So first, let me introduce. You've already heard from intern Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. And Sarah from Pendergrass Academy. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Living the dream, kid. Living the dream. So... 
Sarah's a uh, so Sarah's a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and because uh, so I'm going to talk I'm going to talk to Sarah first because y'all have already heard from intern Chris. So Sarah does jiu-jitsu at the Pendergrass Academy of Martial Arts, uh, trains under Robin Guy Pendergrass, uh, along with uh, you know Sean Zorio and Jay Ivanovich and all those good folks. So Sarah, what made you want to get started with jiu-jitsu? So martial arts in general was something that I always wanted to do when I was a little kid, but uh, you know we just never could get the funds together as. Uh, when I was a kid to, to do that and it was something that was kind of on my bucket list you know we all have that um, so I decided you know when I finally found some time to um, I guess give myself some time you know as a, as a young mom I, I had to give myself permission to to do that and jujitsu was something that was recommended to me based on my stature being, you know, just Sarah under six five. foot ten and five hundred pounds. That that She's so the next <laughs> being being just shy of five feet and not not quite a hundred pounds. <laughs> um, it was recommended to me. So, um, and when did you start? I started on June twenty fourth. And why do you remember that date? Because I had been looking forward to giving martial arts uh, a try for so long, and I was so excited that I had found something that was local, that uh, that I finally found the time in my life to, to give this a start. And so once I decided to do it, I, I put the date on my calendar and and it's just been burned into my, my memory. Um, and over the course of the last you know six months, uh, Jiu-Jitsu has changed my life so much that uh, that date has stuck with me. We, we all remember, or like n- not all of us, but many of us call it our jitsuversary, you know, yeah. when we first started training. And so it's awesome that you remember that. So like before we get into, into Chris's experience with Muay Thai, I want to ask you, like you say it's, it's transformed your life. So like what benefits, just just a few, we'll talk, we'll have some time to talk about many benefits, but like if you could name one or two things that you feel like training jiu-jitsu has done for you, what, what are those things? Oh man, I got to pick one or two. You don't uh, have to, we'll get into the rest <laughs> later, but like what, what leaps to mind first? Um... It's so you hear a lot of people describe jujitsu as like a, a lifestyle, and it definitely is. There's there's a family that I, I have found at, at Pendergrass, um, and even beyond just the Pendergrass Academy, the jujitsu community is so small and so tight knit that once you start getting to know people, like I go and train at other gyms now, and and train with other women and get to know the folks around the triangle area and and even some people in other states yeah you know and i want to talk to you about training with other women and you know tra- and sort of the jiu-jitsu community as well but i want to get to chris here first like so so you know jiu-jitsu is primarily a grappling martial art or like in the way and certainly a, a sport but like uh, there are some people that enjoy getting punched in the face and i think chris intern chris is one trevor do you have any? well not quite yet he's at like the baby stage where it was something we brought up earlier where competition between Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu there's a there's a time difference where you usually don't have your first Muay Thai fight to like a year, year and a half down the road where Chris is five mi- or five months in five now. Five months, yeah. God time flies by. Mm-hmm. And uh he's just now kind of starting to get into the sparring, but this is time for Chris to talk. Yeah. So, yeah. so Chris, why did you? So, um, and I, but I do want to follow up on that. What Trevor said. So, Chris, what made you want to try Muay Thai, and like what appealed to that particular martial art uh, for you? So it was it was always in the back of my head as well, and um, 
I was at a point in my life over the summer where all I I was always a working. Point in your life? A time in my life. What'd whatever. you do? Just get out of jail? <laughs> but no, I was just. <laughs> You're uh, going to college. I was working out. <laughs> I was working out. and I was just lifting weights a lot, and I just got really tired of that. It was really repetitive, and um, you know, you just go into the gym with your headphones by yourself lifting, and then one day I just went. I just said I'm just going to try it out, and I spontaneously went to Forge Fitness and Carry, and then I ended up loving it right away, and. You know, what I love about it a lot is it's, you know, it's like not only martial arts, but it's a support system and it's just worked as a support system in my life. And it's just been great. One thing Trevor said that I want to follow up on is in jujitsu, many people like compete right away or very, very soon. And I know, Sarah, you've competed. I want to talk to you about that. You know, I competed in two months after I started training. But in Muay Thai, it's it's more typical that you don't start sparring until later. You don't. Yeah. um, Generally, like it, uh, it's different for everyone. Um. In jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, you'll both have, like, the people, like me, I consider myself fairly unathletic. I was just tough, and I had no issues getting hit in the head. But then you'll have people that are like that and super athletic at the same time, and those people are kind of terrifying. Like, we have Danny, for example. Right, I was just going to say that. Yeah, uh, got this cat, Danny, um, former uh, pararescue from the Air Force, young guy, like, super athletic. And he's trained for four months, and he comes in on Sundays and spars with pro fighters. Like, mm-hmm. he has that ability. Um other people kind of have to take a slower approach, you know. Um, jiu-jitsu, you're not getting hit in the head for competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, you even said, uh, Sarah, that you got a concussion in your first tournament. Like, that, it happens we, sometimes, like, the... We should have Sarah tell that story for the listeners. Yeah. And, like, and what I want to ask is, I want to ask specifically, like, let's talk about competition. In yeah, the, it's, in, it just, it's that, uh, you know, in, in jiu-jitsu, you, you have, like, the tap out and stuff like that. You get ground out. Like, you're not getting punched in the face. And um, it's... It kind of sucks to go into a, a Muay Thai fight unprepared, and I can tell you that from experience because I did karate for a while, then I got into kickboxing, trained for four months, and got my face beat in really, really bad in <laughs> my first two fights, and it was awful. And um, Kids, don't try this at home. Don't. Like, really, yeah, if you if you have a coach that says, hey, you should fight after four months, you probably shouldn't be there training, you know? Like, where jiu-jitsu, you know, you can pick stuff up, you know, two, four months, go out there, train with other white belts, and do okay, you know, you gotta like just hold on even if it's like a spaz out. Like Muay Thai is more of a, you gotta go out on your shield. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. <laughs> and so like, so to, to segue from that, like I, I do want to talk about competition at some point, uh, but like what to, to, to piggyback on what Trevor just said, there are certain things where, you know, it's tough to walk into that gym the first day. And sometimes like if you're at a gym and the guy's like, well, you've got to fight, that might scare me off as a new person. And so I'm curious about, and I want to ask each of you, Sarah, first, like, what made you stick with training? Like, did you love it immediately? Were there hard times? Was there anything that you were worried about training that might have driven you away or, 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 or that, that, that wound up not happening? So what, what, what made you stick with it? Um, so I like to push myself and try and get out of my comfort zone. And um, I promised myself that this was something that I was going to stick with. Um, I needed that as a, um, a vessel for personal growth. Um, so that's, that's really why I stuck with it. But um, there were certainly a lot of things that, that concerned me at first. Um, you know, I, I was, <laughs> we were talking earlier before the show about um, how, you know, you, you walk in, in and you're really terrified and then these people, you know, they end up being these really warm people. But that actually wasn't the case for me right off the bat. I was pretty terrified of um, the, the two, the first two classes I took were, were with um, Rob Pendergrass and Sean Zorio. And I was actually pretty terrified of Sean specifically for like the first nice guy. two months, like pretty terrified. Um, the other thing that was 
was pretty difficult and, and still po poses somewhat of a challenge for me is being so small compared to um, my other training partners. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that too. Like, so, so you had basically said, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to push through whatever adversity I have. And so it sounds like that worked out for you. And that like, you know, are there like plateaus that you point to that say, hey, that was hard, but I got through that. And now I'm proud that I, is there something you can point to that's like, okay, that was a difficult thing for me, but I didn't quit. And now I'm grateful that I didn't quit. Um, yeah. So my very first tournament was probably, um, was probably the, the most um, significant point um, for, you know, pushing me to really, really get involved more so um, as opposed to just going to, you know, the essentials classes, you know, you know, um, after the, the tournament that really, that really pushed me to like drop my CrossFit membership <laughs> and, <laughs> and up my Pendergrass membership so that I could, you know, attend more CrossFit classes. CrossFit is not self-defense. <laughs> and go to, go to, you know, all the open mats and, um, and whenever somebody would open the gym, outside of the normal scheduled uh, times. So what about that tournament experience inspired you to up your jiu-jitsu? Um, so there was a pretty good amount of people from Pendergrass who went. Um, I, I don't know how many went, but there was a, there was a good amount of people that, that I knew there. Um, just the atmosphere in general of being able to watch the art happen. Um, it's a really great way to, to gauge where you're at in, in your journey um, if you could, you could have drilled, you know, arm bars or triangles for three months or however long you've been doing it up to a certain point. Um, but if it's not there, it's not there and you're not going to hit an arm bar and you're not going to hit a triangle mm -hmm. or it is there and you do and it's great. Um, so from a training aspect that, that was, was what really, um, caught my attention and and then from a from a social aspect it was really neat to be able to watch the people that I train with succeed and learn and grow and I think somebody I don't know who said it but somebody said that you know one tournament is is worth like three months of of jiu-jitsu mat time and and it's it's really true I, I it didn't really sink in until I experienced that for myself that you know getting a sense of the community and um, bonding with your, your teammates over that and really testing and trusting in the, the time that you've put into it and, um, and your training partners who have also put time into you. So you, you competed just a few months after starting training, right? Yeah. And so would you recommend that to other new people? Um, I, I would. I would. I would say that if you can get beyond the the terrifying <laughs> aspect of it. I mean, it is pretty, I'm, I am not going to, I'm not going to lie and try and sugarcoat it. it is, and even, even now, like after, even after having my first one under my belt, um, competing is pretty, pretty nerve wracking. It's, um, you, know, you get, I'm just thinking about it. My, my heart is racing. <laughs> I get that adrenaline rush, but um, it's definitely something that is a really good gauge. Yeah, and it's a different experience, right? It's a different experience yeah. of training than it is competing. Trevor and I talk about this a lot. So that's so, that X factor of you're out of that comfort zone, 
and inside the gym you're very comfortable and then all of a sudden so many people are looking at me and I have to pee really bad who is this person in front of me they look really angry for no reason what is happening yeah and you get mean mugged a lot at jiu-jitsu tournaments too I don't know if that I happens. hate it when people do that it's the people that show up wearing affliction and tap out no totally I was telling I was, I was the other night like my, my response to getting mean mugged is I try to wave as effeminately as possible oh, yeah. I, mean I just give them like the biggest dopiest grin when people mean mug I'm like hey hey buddy you don't What's know up? me yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. but it is like you know, to, to cap, put a cap on what Sarah said there's there there is something different about it and this is why I think competition is valuable for any oh, it for, is. for any yeah. art right because like when we're in the gym we know each other's games a little bit like you've rolled with Sean Zorio a bunch you know what Sean's going to try to do he probably knows what you're going to try to do and you know that Sean is going to take care of you whereas like in at a tournament or, or a Muay Thai fight hey there's a person over there that I don't know that might be the best you know might have the best straight punch in the world and I don't know it and and I I have and this person's going to try to do me harm and I have to I have to deal that's with that that's why I love the back rooms of fights mm -hmm. I get to like it's so cool to go backstage and I meet other coaches I meet other fighters and then I see people that are so bad I'm like man I am so much better at this than I thought when it comes to coaching so <laughs> yeah, but no it is like when you get to travel like you said you meet new people you know it's like going to like your first day of like uh, kindergarten all over again and just like every time you go through it you meet someone new I had to every time you go to a fight like what's that I had to repeat kindergarten don't oh. you're going bringing back bad memories <laughs> oh not really I'd, oh. I'd, I'd actually go back to kindergarten tomorrow so much fun. life was so much simpler right? so so Chris what about you what like did you love Muay Thai right away and or were there were there hiccups and if there were hiccups what made you stick with it Yes, yeah. Chris. Tell us what you don't <laughs> like about my program. No. <laughs> I liked it um, from the first day. The only thing with me is I was really hard on myself, and I would always get frustrated. And then Trevor quickly shut that down. He was like, "Look, man, like, you're not gonna, you know, if you're if you were gonna learn this overnight, you know, I wouldn't have a job. And you know, you're not gonna, you know." And he told me straight to my face, "We were doing pad work the first week," and he was like, "Look, I'm just gonna tell you now, you're going to mess this up, like, you know." And it's important to note that because that gave me confidence like when you can accept that you're going to mess up you just mm -hmm. get better at it right away yeah like jujitsu certainly and I, I, like you don't learn right away you know and it takes a long long time to get good at this stuff and i imagine like i imagine the same is true of muay thai like what do you tell new people trevor in terms of like learning curve stuff it's exactly what i tell chris yeah. like if chris could go back like and look at himself from like the first day totally different person yeah. and it's exactly what i told him like dude you're gonna suck really bad <laughs> It sounds mean, but it was like I really it, like that he said that. Yeah, it, it was is. really it's, helpful. It's, it's that it's that tough love I got yeah. from my mom. Like you're gonna suck at stuff for a long time until you get good. I'm like, also gonna give you twelve nicknames. <laughs> I'm gonna give you twelve <laughs> nicknames. Uh, you keep changing your hair. I give you more. Um, of the nicknames, don't don't say any of them. But of the nicknames, how many of them could we say on the air? Actually, a lot of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. No, I just like Chris is like the little brother of like yeah. he's like am I am I like the new guy still? I'm like no, you're just the little brother of the program, so deal with it. But um, yeah, and then. Um, I just tell people I, I keep it as real as possible. It's a jujitsu and Muay Thai are very real world, mm -hmm. and you have to have a sense of uh, tough love when you work with new people. And that's what I try to put on people like Chris. Where it's like that first week, it's like, look, you're not going to be good. Yeah. Like me, I've been doing this for 15 years. I still mm -hmm. learn new stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you even said that you were really intimidated at first. You thought I was going to be yeah, some really big jerk, and then yeah. and then you see me and just. <clears throat> Tell people about that, your first experience. Yeah, yeah, walking into the gym. What did you expect, and how is it different than you expected? Yeah, I don't know why. I just had a really false interpretation of, like, how fighters, their personalities would be. So I walked in, and I was expecting, like, this really, like, mean, like, macho dude. And Trevor was just sitting in the back of his chair, and I was like, hey, I heard you guys do free trials. And he was like, yeah, I'll teach you kung fu. Like, no problem. <laughs> and I was like, I knew 
from that moment I was in the right place. And so, like, he, he met a fellow bro. Yeah. So I, you know, and, and this I think is really important for new people that might be listening to the show, is that. I think making that first step can be intimidating, especially, and, and so, sure. yeah, and so, so like, is that true, like, so we'll, we'll go to Chris first and then to Sarah, was that true in your experience? Was the hardest thing walking in the first day? And like, and, and let's just start there. I was intimidated walking in and then once I, the second I got in, I knew I was like, this is, this is a good place mm-hmm. to learn and everything, have fun. Sarah was you a did har- get scarred your first week, and I still feel really bad. About How this. did you I get did, scarred your first I week? I did my first week. I actually I came in really early just to observe, and I walked in on Trevor sparring with someone and just beating him senselessly, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I, and like I, I felt so bad because I cracked this guy, and I look over, and there's Chris just wide eyed, just going, "What have I gotten myself <laughs> into?" It's like, and at that point, you turned your uh, head and said, "It's okay. It's just pretend." Yeah, it's like <laughs> he's fine. He's it's fine. He's just and sleeping. I, at first, I was like, "Oh my god, I and just I, lost a student." And I was talking to him after. I was like, "Dude, like, why were you going so hard on this guy?" He's like, "I was going like thirty percent, man." And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you're next." <laughs> so, so what about you, Sarah? Was was the first day the most intimidating day? Was that was that the big barrier, or or, or was there another thing? Um, no, actually. For me, the hardest was those first, like, couple of weeks, you know, the first, like, six weeks, because, you know, you can, you can talk yourself up and, and, and find the courage to walk in because you, you don't know what to expect, really. I mean, you, you have all these great ideas, you know, on the website, they advertise, you know, self-confidence and, you know, all this great stuff. And, um, but once you know what to expect, there's... There's a, it's like being being the new kid at school. You know, your first day, you don't know what to expect. But then, mm-hmm. after after you've experienced, um, you know, a class or two, you still need to, you know, learn your training partners. You still need to learn all the drills. You get that, what kind of, what Trevor was talking about, how you know you realize that you're actually gonna suck. <laughs> And and not just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Even black belts lose. Yeah. Pro Muay Thai fighters in Thailand, they lose. Mm-hmm. Like you're it's always a learning curve is and how it is. My experience was a lot more like Sarah's, to to be honest, because like I, I wasn't super intimidated my first day because I like to try things. And it's like, hey, this will be new and if it's great, awesome. And if it's not, well, I'll just find something else. And I loved it right away. But the thing is, jujitsu especially is so the movements that we learn are so counterintuitive. Like the basic movement we call shrimping. Right, which every jujitsu person can do in their sleep after the first six weeks. It took me three classes to learn how to shrimp. And for those of you that don't do jujitsu, it's the way you move on your back, the way a shrimp moves through water. And it's a bridge where you bridge up into someone and then you move your butt the opposite way and fold yourself in half. And you never do this at any other point in your life, right? Like no movement has prepared you for this movement. And so for me, my first, like you, my first day, not, not so bad. Hey, let's try this. My first six weeks, I was like, why am I not getting this? Why am I, why am I terrible? Why am I, you know, why am I an embarrassment to my family for generations? Who does uh, he sound like, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> someone from The Untouchables? No. <laughs> or someone from The Incredibles? I, I always get those two confused. So, so the flip side of that is, you know, let's get back to talking about the benefits. Like what, you know, because clearly you both stayed. And clearly, you both love what you do, right? So, like, Sarah, you first. What do you What do you love most? Like, what benefits have you seen in your life from jujitsu? What do you love most about training? Um, so, without getting into nitty gritty details, jujitsu for me has become like my family, my th- my therapy for life. You know, we all have our uh, 
ups and downs and um jujitsu is both both in a technical aspect and in a social aspect is like many other things in life where you get out of it what you put into it and what what you decide that you want to get out of it like it's you, it's your journey and if if you decide that you want to make the these um these profound connections with people if if you decide that you you want to continue to get better then you have to just keep going and you have to make an effort to you know respect your training partners and be grateful for you know who they are and what they have to offer you um you have to be willing to learn from anybody no matter how long they've been doing it, what their belt color is, or uh, how big or small they are. Um, you have to just be really open and be willing to be humble. And um, yeah. The community aspect of martial arts is something that fascinates me, and particularly jujitsu. And we talked earlier about, you know, I would like to, you to talk a little bit about being a woman in jujitsu <coughs> and being a smaller woman, yeah. about how, you know, you've trained at Pendergrass, but you've also trained at all a bunch of other gyms. Is there like, so is, is it a challenge to be a woman in jujitsu? Or are there particular benefits to a sort of solidarity to finding other lady training partners around? Or is there a little from column A, a little from column B? I think there's a little bit from both. Um, <clears throat> so I can, I can touch on the, the, um, the aspect of it being, you know, having benefit. Um, there's a, a Facebook group for, for those of you who do Facebook. Uh, um, there's a Facebook group, you know, Jiu-Jitsu Women of the Triangle. And um, there's a... There's a uh, a good amount of women on, on there, and you know we we have discussions and we have open mats that that are just for women, and and we get to be a community within a community. You know what I mean? Um, women are still, generally speaking, especially at Pendergrass, I'm really the only adult woman who who really consistently goes. I think there might be a couple who have memberships, but um, generally speaking, I'm, I'm usually the only woman in a class unless I have unless I can talk somebody else into coming um but um there is there is that that community within a community and I get to go to it it has allowed me to um to step out of my comfort zone socially and go and seek these relationships and um push my boundaries as far as comfort because Pendergrass is real comfortable for me. You know, there might not be any women there. And, you know, the next person closest to my weight might be 40 pounds heavier than me and a guy. But, um, you know, going and training at somebody else's academy where you don't know their their code, you don't know their style, you don't, you don't really know anybody. But um, the connection with other women is really, really an important one to make. Um, and especially, especially being a petite woman, it's it's really hard to get that um, opportunity to feel somebody's full body pressure on you. For for example, yeah. um, that's that's actually one of the other reasons I started competing so that I could find other women in my weight class. Sure. Because even even within our our small jujitsu community. In the triangle area, there's still not really any woman who's in my weight class that I found. You know, my weight class as it is is small, even if I travel really far to get to it. Um, unless, you know, 
I sneak into the, the kids' class or something like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I can be honest about that. No, you know? totally. Um, no, no, like, I mean, I feel, I feel for you. I'm typically the smallest person in the class at my gym, and I have 40 pounds on you easily. And so, and, and you know that, and, and you know, the women at my gym are some of my best training partners because we're roughly the same size. Right. And so that can be a challenge. Uh, so, Chris, what benefit, like, what, if you were to isolate some of the primary benefits you've seen from Muay Thai, and I'm interested specifically about, you know, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai are both technical and physical. So you have techniques that you learn, which are kind of mental and cerebral, but there's also a real workout aspect to it, right? So like, what benefits do you see from Muay Thai and how do you break down the physical benefits versus the mental benefits? Yeah, it's just great. You know, I love the cardio. It's great cardio. And, you know, what I really love is there's just so much to learn. And then, you know, the more I started training, you really do look at it as like a game. And I know a lot of people compare jujitsu, it's like chess with Mm -hmm. your body. So that once I started looking at it as like a game, it got really fun for me. And it's a great workout. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think you will compete? Um, eventually. At first, which is funny, the first time I walked in there, I was like, I'll, I'll never compete. I just want to do this, you know, for fun. And then, but, you know, once, you know, when you're trained correctly and you're like, oh, this works. And then you're like, and then new guys come in and you're like, oh, I am getting better. And then you, that's when you really start do, you know, you do think about competing. So Something that you said that I want to hit on is when new people come in, and that's a way to gauge your progress, even if you're not competing. Like one of the reasons that martial arts can be frustrating is you're improving. You're improving your technical skills. You're improving your physical skills. But a rising tide is lifting all boats, and everybody else is getting better at the same time if they're training as much as you. And so I remember like just getting crushed the first nine months because I was training with monsters, and I was the worst guy almost every night. Um, which was great for me in the long run, but after a while you start to think, oh, am I am I actually getting better? And right. without competing, you don't really know. So I guess, like, we'll start with Chris and go to Sarah. Like, how do you gauge your progress? Mm-hmm. Um, with, is it something that you're like, oh, I just noticed that I'm doing this kick better than I used to? Or is it like when new people come in? Um, it's partly when new people come in, and then what Trevor does is, you know, they're, they're sparring, but then you'll, he, like, just breaks it down. Like, we started out doing really, really light just jab sparring, like just ones, and twos and things like that and then you know then you work your way up and then you just do ones and twos and kicks and then you just the more you do it you just bring up the intensity and then you'll just go to full-on sparring and then once you can take sparring then you can think about competing Sarah was there a moment where you were like hey I got this hey I'm getting better like you know for me like uh, when I when I when I caught my first triangle I was like wow you know this is something I've drilled a bunch and now I just got that. And that's something like, hey, I learned this. Was there an aha moment for you? Or was there a moment where you said, okay, I feel like I'm really improving? Um, man, it it's such a gradual process. And I think, I guess, after my Greensboro tournament, <laughs> I think <laughs> after watching that video and realizing that th- – there were some good things that that happened, despite the the outcome. You know, it was it was actually a decent match, and the the lady I was up against, she had two years experience versus my four months experience, yeah. and you know, I I didn't get submitted. I I lasted almost the whole time before I hit my head. You know, <laughs> it uh it was actually a good match. Um, no, that you should be really proud of that, frankly, and like and and that's one of the things that. About about martial arts, particularly weight class martial arts, there is that uh, you will be up against people that have a ton of, sometimes a lot more experience than you. And what a hard thing for me to learn, and I'd like to Trevor talk about this a little bit, is it's frustrating because everybody wants to win, right? You're a competitive person that's done sports, <laughs> you, you like winning. A winning experience is great, but a tough thing to learn is, you are to to em- embrace for me was 
you learn a lot more from losing. And like I got killed my first nine months of jujitsu by my training partners, and, and it could be frustrating. But like, boy, I learned so much. If from that. you so don't learn right how to lose, then you don't. You can't learn at all. I mean, like with me, it was weird. I had no issue losing in like kickboxing matches, but then Jeff saw me lose after a jujitsu <laughs> match because. I got so max, I went back to wrestler mode, and I threw a guy around, but he still won because of a sweep. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I went outside, and I threw a trash can. <laughs> and then I was like, man, I made a jerk out of myself. But um, That trash can had to come in, man. It did. It, it mean mugged me on the way in, right. and I was hungry. But no, um, like, I learned, I talk about, like, even Chris will tell you, I talk about losing. Yeah. I don't, Especially, you know, when... Every time we do a clinch class, he brings up that one tournament where that kid came in with that elbow, and, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah, like, I tell people, like, I don't like to talk about winning. I don't. I don't have to puff my chest out. I don't have anything to prove. I tell people to, uh, in life you have to learn how to lose. Mm -hmm. If you have, like, and that's why combat sports is great, especially, and, like, you guys are learning, too. Like, you learn how to lose, and that just makes everything so much easier. It's like, Wow. Nothing can be worse than this. Everything gets so much easier after that. After competing, after getting beat up in the gym a bit, it's like, man, everything is so much easier. And you no, know, like the egos are gone. Yeah. Like after a while, if you go into a gym full of egos, it means they really don't compete a whole lot, yeah. or they're just like trying to prove something. Like if you're around people that can talk about what they learn from losing, it means you're kind of like in the right spot. Like that's the way I feel. Like you will occasionally find like some monster gyms, but I mean. Christ, even the guys from, uh, you know, Jackson Winklejohn, the best gym on the planet, had two guys lose on the biggest show the first fight of the year. They had two guys lose. Hey, yeah. crap happens. Everybody loses. And, you know, exactly. the, yeah. the, the great Hicks and Gracie says that victory like defeat should Unless be forgotten. Unless you're Hicks and Gracie. Yeah, right, exactly. Everyone loses. And then you bring Hicks. up, after we go into this long, like, thing of yeah. losing, you bring up Hicks and Gracie. I know. Well, I was, was going to shoot myself. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was I was just going to quote him, but I totally forgot about the irony. Hick, Hicks, Hicks, <laughs> That's you know, so ironic. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much everybody loses unless you're Hickson. But, yeah. but I don't, so I don't know if Hickson would know this from experience, but he had a quote that I love that is, uh, victory like defeat should be forgotten quickly because it's fleeting. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a blog post about this about how like martial arts is a lot like you know it's about practice and it's about process and it's it's not about it's a long game it's right. not about did I get tapped in the gym today it's not like did I go undefeated in that tournament or did I go winless in that tournament it's about learning and being the best like I always I always say I want to be I'm not worried about the Jeff of January 15th I'm worried about the Jeff of January 2025 you know and and always trying to play the long game and so with that like um, I guess I would ask each of you um, you know now that you've been training for a while you know five six months what advice would you have for new people? Like Trevor and I certainly have advice for new people, and I'd like to get Trevor's advice for that after I t after we talk to you. But like me and Trevor have been doing what we do a long time, and so with fresh eyes, like is there something you would tell day one Sarah or day one Chris? Like, hey, this is my advice for you. You know, six months down the road, I I've learned this, or I wish that I had known this. What advice would you have for for day one Sarah walking into Pendergrass Academy? Um, I would say relax. Uh, yeah. First, uh, <laughs> probably to let it be fun. You know, um, there's a like we were just talking about. There's there's a lot of submitting and getting absolutely crushed, um, but it can still be fun. Um, appreciate that it's a, a lot of people talk about how it's 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 a marathon. It's it's not a sprint. So um, enjoy the journey. Um, and touching on what we were just talking about, um, learning how to lose, um, 
it really, really just don't focus on that really at all. You know, I, I keep a notebook um, and none of my notes contain any comments about being submitted or losing or winning or anything. It's it. Are you there, God? It's me, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, like whatever. Like no, keeping a, like a, a notebook of like what happened is the is great. Like I tell people, record yourself in class and be like, oh, I get it now. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I had no, to. No. That's my job to be a jerk. <laughs> and you do it well. I know. Uh, is is uh, is this Sarah? Are you done? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. So, so Chris, what do you like? Chris, what do you think? What what advice would you give to day one, Chris? Like, wish you knew. Definitely to relax. I mean, that's what Trevor said to me the whole first month. Just relax, <laughs> and um, you know, you don't have to be a hero on the first day. Just you know, go in and have fun. And it's a long journey and especially pay attention to the small details because those are like the most important second day you better be a hero though second <laughs> right. day you better lock <laughs> it up or you're, you're out of you're, you're you're banned from the store yeah trevor like so as an instructor trevor as a as as a teacher do you have a pat spiel that you give to new students like something that you tell everybody do you tailor that advice to particular students and or, or is there commonalities and you sort of like tailor that to particular needs no, like uh, really it's I'll tell like what I told to Chris is what I tell everyone their first day is that, you know, relax. You're gonna suck. <laughs> Don't get frustrated. Um, it, it, it's like learning how to walk all over again, man. It's and like learning how to ride a bike all over again. Don't ask a million questions as a student, you know. <laughs> I mean, like that I'm okay with, but sometimes it gets ridiculous. Yeah. But I really tell people just um, learn how to relax, embrace it, uh, ask questions based on what we just went over, not off of some kind of YouTube video. New people for jujitsu and Muay Thai and anything, do not watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, you I will get your YouTube privileges when we say so. No, um, <laughs> no, like, it, it is. I just tell people like um, it's a tough road, but it's fun. And you have to embrace it. And you just have to relax, embrace the suck, and it'll be okay. And then, you know, talk to other people in the class about how they start out. I mean, Dude, I pair you up with an Erica who's incredibly intense to be with sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like you, like Matt, like, and it's just, like, you see where they're at? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it just takes time. I tell people, just relax. And I just try to make it fun. I try to make it for everybody. I don't want to make fighters. Yeah. Cornering fighters is so stressful. <laughs> I, I, I just want to teach Muay Thai, and that's it. And I just tell people, come and have fun. Like, you don't have to fight. I'm not going to make you fight. That's another thing. I will never make someone fight. I just want them to come in and have fun, even if they don't want to spar. And, you cool, know, not and, a problem. And that's a core message, too. Like, I think a lot of people are afraid before they walk into the martial arts gym that you're going to be forced to participate in a kumite of some nature or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there, there's something here for everybody, right? Some people yeah. just want to train. Some people just want to, like, get physical benefits, get health benefits, get good cardio. Some people want to spar but not compete, which is fine. And those are some of my favorite people, man. Yeah. Like, you'll meet some really, like, uh, good dudes that come in and they'll train for two or three years and they regularly spar with fighters. And then they're, you know, there's a regular dude really outside the gym. Yeah. They don't want to be a fighter. They just enjoy it. And you'll find that in jiu-jitsu too. Like you'll have someone sure. that you'll meet like really good purple belts and brown belts that have maybe had a couple tournaments. Yeah, you know, and like that, and that's the, the message that I would send to people, like new people. There's a place here for everybody. Like Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave, who I train with, right? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time Dave competed. Dave is a killer in the gym. Yeah. And he's just a dude who loves to train and loves to learn new things and is one of the, and like if he were to compete, he would do exceptionally well. But like it's just not in his in his particular goal schema right now, and that's fine. And I think a lot of people when they walk in, they they may be intimidated because they're like, 
I'm going to get thrown to the wolves. If I compete, I'm going to get crushed. But, like, you know, you don't have to do that. You certainly can, and there certainly are opportunities for that, but it's not something that's required. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more thing is uh, for people that go into a gym, make sure you meet a coach who genuinely cares. <laughs> it's you, big. You will meet some coaches that are there. Uh, they teach because they can't do anything else. Like, where me, I enjoy teaching. And I encourage people, like, you know, find a place where uh, – it's a it's a welcoming environment. Uh, it's very you know relaxed. It's tough at times, and make sure like the coach can give you some individual attention. Sure. Like you know you're not you're not going to be the gold sticker person every day. You know there's some days you might get like one quick bit of advice, but like when you realize oh man like that was specifically for me. Where you see a coach can kind of cater towards people's strengths and weaknesses, but treats everybody equal. That's something great. Like if you go to a gym and you see someone that's like. They have a couple people kind of just doing their own thing, and they're focusing on one person. Might not be the right atmosphere, if that makes sense. Like it when it when you realize that that family environment, like you were talking about, that's when you know you've kind of hit a spot that it's like, oh, all right, this is kind of cool. Sarah, like I'm going to ask each of you this, but uh, Sarah, what is your best day of jujitsu so far? And I know you started to help out with the kids' class, so maybe it's related to teaching and making progress in that way, or maybe it's something different entirely. But what is, what do you remember as your best day in the martial arts so far? One day, uh, <laughs> right? You can't God. really break it down to one day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I will also expect a, a calendar date, and if possible, Greenwich Mean Time. Oh man! It doesn't have to be one day. It can be just a memory. Like what? What? What do you look back on the, with the most fondness of your first six months of jujitsu? Um, I guess we had an in-house tournament before uh, I actually did any like legitimate tournaments and that was my first day where I really got a sense of the family atmosphere that Pendergrass was um you know we got to watch the kids and um you really got to to socialize with people a little bit more um Mm -hmm. I guess that day and yeah, an in-house yeah. tournament can be powerful um, yeah. for sure. And I want to talk to you about kids' class in just a second before we get sure. on out of here. We got about five more minutes. But Chris, do you have a best day of Muay Thai or a best moment, like some positive memory of the last six months? That's like, yes, that. Um, I remember. I don't know if you remember this, Trevor. I remember about my first month. It was just me and him in the gym, and we were working on you know catching the kick and sweeping. And I just I could catch the kick, but I couldn't ever sweep him. And he just kept explaining it, and explaining it, and then it finally clicked. And I dumped Trevor on his so back, hard. and I was so excited. I didn't know what to do. I just mean mugged him and just kind of walked away. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and yeah. I felt bad because he was like, "Who do you think you are? This is your first month." And then I just ran at him and I tackled him. I was like, "I did it! I did it!" it yeah, was so he was fun. he was like an excited puppy with a new yeah. toy, and I was so ecstatic. I was like, "Look at and him!" He go. he was on the ground just like. You actually dumped me on my head. I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> he did. He gave me, like, the sickest mean mug and the biggest, what's up now, bro? And then and then I locked him in my trunk. <laughs> so. See, I, I'll say this because Trevor won't say this about, him, about himself. This is also how you know you have a good teacher, is if you have a teacher where you do the technique right and you do it on them yeah. and they get mad at you, that's, right. that's a bad sign. Yeah. It's a real bad mm-hmm. sign. But if you're like, oh, dude, you did that so awesome and you did it. I mean, you, you know, if you can do it on the, on the person that taught it to you, you know, you know you've learned it correctly. And so I think that's that's I'm a, a paid punching bag. <laughs> like, I'm in the hurt business and I get beat up. Like, that's it. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I'm in the pajama wrestling business, yeah. which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's like I just get geeky burn instead of face there punch. You go. <laughs> so like uh, so looking forward you know y'all have both been doing this about the same amount of time like so sarah what about 
the next six months or whatever, what's ahead that scares you or excites you about your journey in jiu-jitsu? Kumite, kumite, um. kumite. No, it's okay to say kumite. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage well, it. Aside from that. Yeah. <laughs> that um, goes without saying. Chris, there's this movie called Bloodsport. Oh, no, right? <laughs> it's nothing like The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think anything, anything scares me about... about jujitsu at this point aside from maybe getting hurt and having to take a break that would be that would be awful it's a sad day when when there's no open mat or something um i'll tell you right now you're it's it happens but there's still a way to train yeah like there there have been a lot of times like where i've like oh my arm hurts i'm just gonna go and like watch or i'm gonna go eat a pizza well (gasps) you still have other parts of your body that work and you can still do stuff i mean there's, there's you, you can also eat a pizza while training. I have it on good authority from, <laughs> yeah, I've seen, from various people. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was about to rag yeah, on a certain gym, yeah, and I was no. like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's best not to. Anyway, yeah. continue, sir. Um, so being excited about something, I think um, just continuing what I've been doing for the last six months, you know, um, getting to train with people more, getting to know them better, Um learning the techniques better um i really really enjoy um you know interacting with a lot of the higher belts because they already know what they're doing and uh allegedly yeah i mean (laughs) i I guess they they seem like they know what they're doing especially compared to a white belt um and you know our the coaches especially at pentagrass are always really good about letting us work and um you know rolling down to our our level so to speak with but still being able to um you know, keep you in check, you know, obviously making sure that you're, you stay humble, um, but also challenging you at the same time. And I'm just really looking forward to getting to do a lot more of that. Chris, what scares or excite you, excites you about your next six months of Muay Thai? Um, scared, definitely clenched. Trevor's clenched towards stories have left me traumatized. But no. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, though. It's good, though, because you can, you know, there's tournaments that don't have any elbows or like so oh, you can yeah, ease ab- your way into yeah it. absolutely yeah it's like when you start out it'll be just like punches and kicks right. like don't worry about it yeah got one minute keep talking chris it's okay um, and just you uh <laughs> you know getting dumped on your head is never fun and things like that and just competing so you know but you live and you learn with it so that's all you can do is just live and learn with it yeah yeah mainly learn from it and just don't quit and just keep going and, and I, uh, I assume both of you would like so if people are listening to this that have made their new year's resolution to train jiu-jitsu or to train muay thai i assume both of you would enthusiastically tell those people to get on out there am i right <laughs> yes. yeah for sure absolutely well sarah from pendergrass thank you for coming in chris intern chris of uh, muay thai forged fitness carry thank you so much for coming in. it's thank been great you. talking to both of y'all thank you this has been like my favorite show yet i think oh it's awesome Every, like, yeah well yeah, <laughs> really. Like, I got the show. Yeah. Chris yeah. is like, I got to talk, yo. <laughs> but like, and and I mean, I'm, every show, like honestly, every I, show is awesome. But like today is like, I think it was just chock full of good advice that people need to hear. Yeah, so. no, for sure. So folks, get out there, train jujitsu, train muay thai, uh, enjoy the journey, don't take it all too seriously, and like, and keep listening to the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Get at us on Twitter. Get at us on Facebook. I'm gonna announce our next couple of guests right now uh, because we're very excited to get on January 10th the one and only John Bagels Telford is gonna come in successful. Muay Thai or successful MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> successful MMA fighter as well as really excellent competitive jiu-jitsu brown belt. We're going to talk to John about uh, U.S. grappling. We're going to talk to him about uh, competitions. We're going to talk to him about his MMA career as well as various and sundry other things. Bagels is always entertaining. On January 17th, we'll get Cody Malte, who right. is a jiu-jitsu black belt, who has just opened a new MMA academy opening February 1st, Elevate MMA. So we're excited to get those guys in studio. Yes. 
I am Jeff Shaw. He is Trevor Hayes. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Thank you all so much for listening. You can always download us on iTunes or Stitcher or at whoopfm.org. We're going to let Tune and the Real Law play us out. Thanks to all of our guests, and we will see you all next Peace, week. Peace, love, and chicken grease. You're listening to WHUPLP Hillsborough, 104.7 on the dial and on the web at whupfm.org. That's whupfm.org.